Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm our, I am your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage these trends to create strategic advantage and also create a better future for all of their stakeholders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm also a faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. I am delighted that our guest is Tim Tobin. Tim is a leadership and learning development professional committed to helping individuals and organizations reach their greatest potential. He's currently vice president, franchise onboarding, and learn and learning at Choice Hotels International, where he oversees the, the hotel opening processes and learning strategy and programs for all franchisees. He was previously vice president of global leadership development at Marriott and held leadership roles at Baker Tilly, former Beers and Cutler, and Booz Allen Hamilton, where he designed and implemented a variety of talent management solutions. So the Innovative Leadership Program and series was really created so that leaders who are busy working and running organizations or running parts of organizations have a way to stay current on issues and continue to develop their leadership acumen and practices as they are living busy lives. So for today, Tim's going to draw on personal experience and the experience of others, as well as adult learning and development and leadership research, as he shares the lessons he's learned in his new book, Peak Leadership Fitness, Elevating Your Leadership Game. He's going to focus on the intersection of physical and leadership fitness. He'll talk about how to identify and where to get started and which activities will guide and support your ongoing journey toward peak fitness. Like physical fitness, your journey to peak leadership fitness begins with a commitment and the required action. It's not a single discrete activity. It's a mindset of continuous improvement. So Tim, welcome to the show. Is there anything you want to give us an intro about yourself before we jump in to talk about the book? Thanks, Maureen. I, I think you really did a great job covering uh, my background in the introduction. So let's just jump right in. Okay, so how did you develop the idea for your book? It, it was really a couple things. To be quite literal about it, I was uh, training for a marathon and I was thinking about um, the connections between leadership development, of which I've spent the, the vast majority of my career helping develop leaders, so I was thinking about those connections with physical fitness, and it's really amazing the parallels as far as both of them being journeys into self-discovery, 
both of them requiring commitment, passion, and self-awareness, and this idea that results really come with effort. In other words, the more you prepare, the better your performance often is. So um, it really, the light bulb hit me, ironically, while I was out for a run. It seems like for me, often those light bulbs come on when I'm outside and working out. Yeah, I I think there's something about the way our brain works that um, when we're doing those type of activities, when we're relaxing is another type of activity, uh, it it allows our brains to clear out a little bit and make room for new ideas, innovative ideas, um, problem solving, decision making. I I talk to a lot of leaders that say they they get some of their best thinking when they're either out for a walk or at the gym or um, doing yoga or or whatever their habits tend to be, but that's where they, they get some of their best energy. You know, one of the things you brought up in your intro was the idea that leadership requires effort. And it's interesting because much of my work is helping develop leaders. That seems intuitively obvious. But for people who have focused their learning and development time on the area where they have expertise, whether it's an attorney learning to practice law or a physician learning to become an exceptional surgeon, that leadership requires a similar level of focus and development as the other fields in which they have become experts. It's that's exactly true. And if you think about what get us to a certain point in our career that elevates us to a certain level of expertise um, becomes somewhat of our comfort zone. And oftentimes the leaders that I've worked with, what happens is they're given additional responsibilities based upon that technical expertise. So as that continues to evolve, what I encourage leaders to do is make sure that they're dedicating some some amount of time and effort to developing as a leader. Don't just rely on those technical skills that got you there, but what can you do? Um, what I encourage leaders is on a minimally on a weekly basis, if not more often, to fine tune your leadership skills and to continue to elevate your game there. So that seems like a good intro into the four principles because much of why I started this work was watching people who have dedicated their careers to their companies and being successful, and yet they haven't spent that time, invested that time in themselves in developing the craft of leadership. They've been focused on the thing the company does and and missing the point in many cases that how they lead is their biggest offering and that in times of change that inner algorithm needs to be updated or the mindset needs to be updated at least as often as we update our technology and the other things we do. It's so true and and I'm going to share with you the four principles I talk about in my book and I'll, I'll share with you at a high level and as as I talk about them Think about whether this pertains to leadership or physical fitness. And and I hope what what you hear is both, actually. And that's really where I drew the parallels on both. And so, as I said, there's four principles. The first one is you really never know what you're capable of until you take that first step. The second is you must put in the effort. The third is you learn more about yourself when times are tough. And then the last one is what you consume matters. And really, when we're talking about that, it, it, it is taking that leap of faith, putting in effort. And, and I think it's important to reiterate this idea that leaders I know that don't 
put in effort towards their own development do get results. So it's not um, you either get no results or you get results. It's the fact that they're just not optimal. If you could put in time and commit to your development, you're more likely to get optimal results, not just for yourself, but for those that you lead. You'll make stronger connections, be more likely to inspire and motivate them. And and leadership might be downright easy if it wasn't for the, the tough times, which you know, that can be uh, any variety from small issues to deal with on a daily basis to the more complex ones. And that's really where you, you need to, to put on your leadership hat and, and really, um, really bring your A game to leadership. So when you talk about basically you are what you consume, can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, when I think about it in terms of leadership specifically is, are we starving ourselves of important leadership nutrients? And um, just to get real specific about that, the nutrients I'm referring to are skills. Are you, by uh, by going, many leaders I work with say, oh, I, I do something on my development for leadership, you know, a couple times a year. And, and my question is, is that really enough? Is that really enough to push the envelope, to stretch your skills, to grow and develop? Um, it may be a piece of that, but if we're not consuming, quote unquote, um, the right skills, then um, there's a very good chance that we're not going to be operating at our peak effectiveness. So what I encourage people to do is you, you got to have strong self-awareness. You got to have a game plan and, and you've got to... You've got to find activities that you're going to stick with so you avoid the uh, the New Year's resolution phenomenon of most fitness plans. We have all these wonderful ideas and then, uh, you know, a few, uh, you know, a, a few weeks, maybe a few months if you're lucky into it. You know, oh, I kind of forgot about that because, you know, my old habits picked up. So on that note, what, how often do you update? Do you read? Do you work? What is your leadership workout? Yeah, so um, I think about it in terms of activities that you can do on a regular um, and more frequent, almost, I say daily basis, but maybe that's a little aggressive for some. So I'll say on a weekly basis. So we want to be thinking about that for one. And an example would be um, simply understanding more about the business. So understanding what the, the corporate strategy is, I hope most leaders as a very basic starting ground that they do that. But don't just focus on how that strategy pertains to your area, but walk down the hall and see what one of your colleagues or peers is working on and how that contributes as well. But none of this is possible without a, a strong self-awareness. So I'd say you need to start there. Thank you. I was hoping you would hit self-awareness because I think there is the external part of what we do and there's the internal part of I'm aware of myself and what I'm thinking and feeling and my objectives and values and all of that comes into play as leaders. Absolutely. I think that is that is one of the mo- most important areas that I can say is that at least on every 12 to 18 months, you should be taking your pulse formally. I talk about it much like you would um, going to see your doctor before you start any fitness regimen. You know, we hear about how important that is. It's the same. If if you don't take your pulse every 12 to 18 months formally, how are you going to know what to work on as a leadership, as a leader? You, you know, you're going to be faced with some blind spots. How are you showing up? But then 12 to 18 months by itself 
well, that's great. What are you doing on a more regular basis to get feedback? Uh, and what I try to encourage leaders to do is this, this takes a bit of skill building and it takes a bit of calibration, but give yourself a grade. Go, go a week uh, and say, how did I do as a leader this week? And, and answer it for yourself. And, you know, if you just give yourself straight A's all the time, you're, you're probably, you know, a little off in your perceptions. And if you never give yourself an A, you're probably a little hard on yourself. But giving yourself the explanation of why did you give yourself that grade? What would you do a little differently the next week? Because when it comes to leadership, if you go three or four weeks without an A, you need to hit the pause button and, and recalibrate and say, all right, what can I do differently? Is it giving feedback? Is it touching base with people? Whatever it is that's holding you back from that higher level grade, you, you can and should be doing that on a more regular basis. I love the taking the self-reflection and putting it into action. So, so I have a goal. I take action. I evaluate it at the end of the day or the week. I then adjust and and start over again. So so that makes the self-reflection a very practical and actionable process rather than I sit and become aware of my thoughts and then don't know what to do with them. Yeah, you, you've got to have that context. Somebody asked me once, can you teach self-reflection? And I said, I don't know that it, it is taught so much as it is practiced. And it is a constant calibration of how you view yourself. Um, but keep in mind, too, it's not just how you view yourself. Um, leaders, leadership is highly subjective, meaning that you're only as good of a leader as people believe you to be. So you may think you're fantastic, but then the people that you're leading and the people around you may not view that. So you, you've got to calibrate that with how are you showing up a, as a leader? So I think that's a great point that included in my self-reflection process is feedback from others. Absolutely. And that can happen in a number of ways, right? It can be more formal, as I mentioned before, whether it's a, um, a 360 assessment, whether it's uh, your annual performance review, if your company has a really robust uh, approach to that, or it could be just as simple as checking in with a, a colleague. And it's almost like having a training buddy if we we're going to continue to pull the fitness metaphor through. And you just say, hey, these are my goals. Uh, I, I'd like to check in with you from time to time on a few of them, and and I'll do the same for you if you're interested. And that takes a, a bit of vulnerability. I know not a lot of leaders are uh, are up to that, but if you can build to that point, it's only going to strengthen your leadership uh, fitness as you go. You know, I, I love the idea of having an accountability partner. We, we do in our programs assign learning partners or accountability partners and in conjunction do some kind of boss feedback or peer feedback. And it doesn't have to be a formal uh, expensive 360. It can also be kind of a pulse. Here are my goals. How am I doing? Five minute. I'm such a fan of numbers, right? So I want to see not just good or bad, but I want to be able to track over time. How have I progressed? And in some cases plateaued back to our, yeah. our fitness metaphors, I track my times, I track my meditation, I track my heart rate, I, I track everything. Uh, I would certainly track my leadership development. Yeah, and, and the, the fitness partner um, where the accountability comes in is once you say what your goals are, uh, they're going to help hold you accountable by checking in with you periodically. Hey, remember you said you were going to work on your uh, 
presentation skills. How's that coming? Ooh, you know, nothing. But if you know that check-in is coming, and some of the greatest leadership development training that I've attended, you know, it says, hey, let's identify somebody here, and and this is going to be your partner that, you know, in a month you're going to check in, and two months you're going to check in. And you can be very specific with that. And what I mean by that is you can say, I'm about to go and give a presentation in this meeting that you're going to be in. I'm working on my presentation skills. Could you get, pay attention to these five things around how I um, present? And then afterwards, do you mind if I just ask you how I did? And it, it could be that specific, um, but we don't think to do that, right? Because again, it, it shows a bit of vulnerability. So it's something to think about. I think it's a great suggestion and you're right. Often we just don't take the time to do that extra check step that that moves us from adequate or good enough to exceptional. So on that note, we're going to go on break and I encourage our listeners to think about where is one place, what is one goal you're working on where you could use an accountability partner to help either gain feedback or just boost your commitment to reaching that goal. So you are listening to Tim Tobin and Maureen Metcalf, and we will be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. 
To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Maureen Metcalf and Tim Tobin. And we are talking about peak leadership performance. So now let's shift to how to achieve peak leadership fitness. From the beginning, from building the foundation to reinforcing leadership strengths, flexibility, and endurance. And we talked about accountability as being one of those. So you wrote about proven practices to identify low-cost, high-impact activities that will provide the best results. What are four core leadership skill zones that are critical for ongoing leadership impact? So um, one of the things I realized pretty early on in my leadership career was that there are inconsistent definitions of what does it mean to be an effective leader. And um, I had people approach me and say, Tim, I've been told to work on my leadership skills and and, and so I, I'm here, to, could you help me with that? And I say, well, sure, what do, you, what do you mean? And I got a whole variety of answers. I, some people would say communication, some would say strategy, others would say executive presence, and there was no real consistency. And so a couple of things I'd point out here. Number one, when you're talking about leadership development, I encourage you to start first with leadership alignment. Make sure you have a really clear understanding of what the person asking you to develop as a leader, or if you say, I, I, I want to develop as a leader, what exactly does that mean to you? So then you know you're, you're focusing in on the right areas. The second thing I would say is, uh, and, and here I'm going to get a little provocative if, if you don't mind, and, and the, what I like to say is leadership actually is not a skill, and that's what makes it so complex. It, it's a co- it's a collection of skills, and I talk about that in my leadership skill zones. And and I, there's four zones, much like your your heart rate training zones. The first level and and your base foundation. We talked a little bit about that. It's your technical skills. It's what you know about your domain, your business. How do you know what you know about the business? What you know about the industry, your competitors, etc. Your interpersonal skills are the next level. So collaboration, conflict management teaming, diversity and inclusion. Level three, your personal skills, executive presence, communication, public speaking, project management, time management, things like that. How are you showing up as a leader? And then finally, the the more complex uh, tip of the, the pyramid is complex process skills. And those are the ones where you hear about strategic acumen and problem solving, organizational change, things along those lines. So to me, um, recognizing alignment first is critical and then knowing that you're continually building up this pyramid to to put it all together and then fit it within the context of an organization so are these you say a pyramid and i i don't have your book in front of me i apologize for that but for our listeners who also don't have your book in front of them do these develop in order? So first I develop technical, then interpersonal, then personal, then complex process? Or do some people, or do I develop them concurrently? How does this happen? Yeah, I, what I would say in my experience um, from the leaders I've worked with, it, it always starts with a combination of the two tiers. So the technical skills and the interpersonal skills tend to be the ones that are developed 
um, earlier in your career. It's your know-how. Um, that is what gets you noticed. And that's what gets you the tap on the shoulder that says, hey, you do your, your domain expertise really well. If you've either raised your hand or there's an organizational need, we're going to give you some leadership opportunities. Once you get those, the rest of the, the pyramid kind of comes together. How well are you collaborating with others? How are you showing up as a leader? I think those two are uh, hopefully simultaneous. Um, and then as you've been giving more, given more responsibilities and, and opportunities, um, that's really where the complex skills show up a bit more. Things like strategic acumen. Most junior leaders, first-time leaders I've worked with, don't necessarily have that that skill hone that comes a bit more with experience. Same with systems um, systems thinking and decision making, which are also complex um, process skills that that I think the more experience you have, the more that becomes refined and and honed. So these are all areas I can build skills, and I I think that gets us to occasionally people still wonder, are these born or built, developed? And it sounds like as you're describing these, well, we some people will have better conflict management skills. Some people will be more oriented to collaboration. All of these are things I can can build. I, I believe so. And I've seen it happen. So it's not just my opinion, but I've seen people that maybe aren't as comfortable in any one of these areas I just mentioned, communication, um, even knowledge of your base technical skills about knowledge about your business, you know, maybe they've been focusing so much on their domain, they just haven't lifted their head up and, and expanded their perspective. And that's what this is about. When I talk about um, peak leadership fitness, it's taking that first step and saying, well, well, geez, I'm really good here, which is great. Uh, and by the way, when you're really good at a leadership skill, any one of these aspects I talk about, I encourage you to give back and look for opportunities to help other people develop in that area. And then the other areas that you say, gosh, you know, I never thought about that aspect, um, you know, continue to refine those areas. So I'm just gonna throw out some examples. Like if you may know your, your business really well, but you need to expand your perspective on the industry or your competitors. Once you've got all that down and you've got some good habits around that, Focus on other aspects of your leadership that you want to continue to get a little bit better at. Maybe it's public speaking or maybe it's, um, you know, something like problem solving. So how do you navigate if this is, again, a, a bit of a building process? Early in my career, my success is built on my technical skills. As I move along in that career uh, leadership progression, I'm going to have less opportunity to rely on those skills and some of them are going to get a little rusty as I'm focusing my learning effort on some of the more complex skills. How do you help people adjust or change their mindset from I have to be good technically because that's who I am to my value is in complex process skills not technical, and I'm actually giving part of that away to somebody else who does have more of a level of expertise in that space right now. That is a huge challenge for for most leaders, and there's a couple different aspects I'd like to cover off on. Number one, what you just described requires operating outside of your comfort zone. So 
where you are comfortable with those technical skills and that's what you're known for. In fact, for many people, that's what our identity is associated with. You've got to get to a point where you can, you don't have to completely let go, but if you're in IT and you like writing code um, and then you take on leadership responsibilities, but you still love writing code, a couple things happen. If you don't let that go, you can never reach your full potential as a leader, number one. And number two, you're never going to develop people underneath you that that want to take on those additional challenges. Um, you know, I use that as an example, and, and that really comes down to delegating and being comfortable enough to say, I'm going to give you some guidance. I know I would do this differently because this has been my own personal bread and butter for, for years, but I'm going to let that go. And I'm going to, I want to let you, my direct report, uh, have an opportunity to develop this skill. And the more, this is a common um, bit of guidance when it comes to leadership. The farthest down you can push decision-making and um, autonomy, the, the more that leaves you with time to solve the bigger organizational issues, which as a leader, that's what we should be doing. I, I agree that that's what we should be doing. And often when people come in for coaching, one of the things that they're asking for is I need to be more strategic in my thinking. So I, I would put that in the alignment with complex process skills. And yet what I'm not doing is demonstrating executive presence or or being, quote, leaderly or focusing enough on these pieces and I think it goes back to something you described earlier on that I build, just like I would build a training schedule for working out, I have to build a training schedule for being more strategic. Well, you absolutely do. I, I call that your game plan. Some people call it their development plan. I know we have them. I think the challenge is, um, number one, if you're a leader listening and you don't have a development plan, you, you need to get one and you need to base it upon one of those self-awareness strategies that I talked about earlier. So you, you gotta know what you're working on. Otherwise, you're, you're just kind of out there floating on, on your leadership. And this, one of the greatest challenges from leaders is they don't have enough time to focus on their development. So the translation shouldn't be, then I do nothing for my development. It means that you need to be laser focused on what you need to work on and I would recommend choosing activities that you can incorporate into your everyday activities, maybe that value and benefit not just yourself, but the organization that you're a part of as well. So can you give some examples? Because you've talked about the activities around us that are free or low cost and high impact. So can you give a couple concrete examples? Yeah. So um, what, what I would say, and so I think about leadership development in a couple different ways. Number one, I talked about taking your pulse. We've covered that already. Number two is you need to build your strength. What are ways you can build your core strength? And for me, what I generally see in those areas are much more around whether you take a course, whether it's um, uh, micro learning. So you're, you're part of a podcast that you listen to. Those tend to be lower cost. By themselves, they don't have a lot of impact. But there are things that there are habits and activities that you should be doing on, again, at least a weekly basis that that keep you at top of your game. But when you really get into developing some of those more complex skills, 
um, that I talk about in terms of maintaining your flexibility. And there's, I break them down into three segments. There are collaborative activities, there's on-the-job activities, and there are the resource activities that I talked about. Um, the best way, if you want to develop your strategic acumen, for example, um, there's a couple things you can do. Number one, find a mentor within the company that has really good strategic acumen. Build that relationship. See if you can just learn from them, ask them questions. And, and in the book, I, I offer a guide so that it's just not free-flowing conversation, but there's a little bit of structure to any mentoring relationship. So there's a resource guide there. Number two, um, you, you may also talk about uh, being a, as part of a task force. Talk to your boss and say, hey, look, I really want to stretch my skills a little bit. I know there's some big projects going on. Can I be part of that? And that'll help you not only build relationships, but also hone different aspects from project management, oftentimes to problem solving and, and strategic planning as well. You know, I love the idea of, of building a skill in the organization because the culture really does matter, as does practice. So, and again, that gets to our intro. The more I put that skill into practice, the more comfortable I get with it. And the more I'm able to take it from an abstract con construct or concept into what I do and how I do my work on a regular basis. And I think both of those are really important to move it from a thing I I learned about on a podcast to something I feel comfortable. And again, back to your principles, starting with taking the first step and putting the effort in to not just hear about it, but do it. Yeah. So, um, I'm a little bit of, of a uh, adult learning nerd when it when it comes right down to it. And there's a theorist in the 1940s named Kurt Lewin, and he basically yes, I know has, him. <laughs> you know him, excellent. We're kindred spirits. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so Kurt Lewin basically he talks about adults learn best by doing, and for some reason that has resonated with me so much because if if I want to um, learn any skill, I can read about it. And, and you should. We should be reading business books, you know, two, three a year, minimal. I know some people are a little more aggressive, but if you haven't read one in a while, commit to um, two or three a year and, and you know, strive and, and do more. But the, the challenge when it comes to learning by doing, we have no shortage of opportunities to do. There's action all around us. What we're missing is the two other ingredients that are critical to learning and development. And that is feedback and reflection. So I need to take some action. A great example is golf, if any golfer is listening. So you take a swing and you immediately get feedback. Did your shot go left? Did it go right? Did it go right where you wanted? That is immediate feedback. And so if you have some of the fundamentals, you know you can make some adjustments. And you need to think about what those adjustments are and how you're gonna incorporate that into your next shot. It's the same thing with leadership. We're so busy moving on to that next activity that we, the biggest challenge for leaders is they don't A, get feedback, and B, take the time to reflect on it so that they can plan how they would do things differently the next time. I think that's so foundational. And again, you hit this in the first segment as you were talking about reflection. I may be self-aware so I may have something I want to work on, but without some kind of measure feedback loop and then refined action, 
I'm really not going to make much progress. And that should happen in the context of the organization I'm leading. Yes, and it should happen regularly and it Mm -hmm. should happen as close to the action as possible. So this is why performance reviews get such a bad rap because I did something six months ago and I'm just getting feedback for it now. That that doesn't help me. So how can you create those feedback loops? And and that by itself, um, again, that's still not going to solve the entire puzzle of development. What you really need to do is then take that Build in some time, whether it's your drive home or before you go to bed or early in the morning, where you're reflecting on how am I going to approach this this skill that I'm working on differently today than I did yesterday. So, so brilliant. With that, we're going to go on break. And for our listeners, I would encourage you during the break to think about what one skill do you want to focus on right now? How do you measure your progress? And do you have a process to reflect on and think about how to change so that this is an ongoing learning loop just as part of your daily life? We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. 
1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today, we're talking about peak leadership fitness with Tim Tobin. And Tim, let's move in now to the question of mindsets. So we've talked about specific behaviors we want to change, but our mindset underlies the changes. Can you talk a little bit about what it is and how to build it? Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of interest in the the concept of mindset, particularly in recent years. I've noticed leaders talking a lot more about it, other learning professionals talking a lot more about it, and how um, you can really differentiate yourself that way. And leadership is no different. It requires a very specific mind, mindset that has three, three aspects to it. Uh, number one is uh, mindfulness. Number two is task orientation. And number three is performance focus. So when it comes to mindfulness, um, it, it, this covers a lot of the things we've, we've talked about. It's about self-awareness, good, honest, accurate understanding of and belief in your abilities. You need to know how you're showing up as a, as a leader, not just for yourself, but for those people that you lead as well. But mindfulness also includes having a well-defined purpose um, and then the, also the confidence to leverage the expertise of others. One of the best things we can do as a leader, the, the four most important words you can ask is, what do you think? And our confidence to go out and ask other experts, our peers, our direct reports, what do you think? and then be informed enough to make a decision about that. When it comes to task orientation, it's really how do you approach challenges? Uh, Do you have a bring it on mentality? Are you comfortable taking risks? Are you comfortable operating outside of your comfort zone? Or do you really rely on minimizing risk and sticking within your comfort zone? How do you handle uncertainty and ambiguity? There's certainly no shortage of that when you're a leader. And, and are you willing to take on some challenging tasks, uh, operate under some ambiguity, uh, and embrace change? All those are really important factors when it comes to the task orientation. And then the final area is performance focus. So this is really about continuous improvement. It's, it's the essence of, of not just my book, but what I believe our role as leaders are. You never, you never arrive at peak leadership fitness. You, you arrive at an area and then you challenge yourself more to get even a little bit better next go around. Uh, and, and if you think about what, how you were as a leader five years ago, seven years ago, heck, even three years ago, uh, it's probably very different than, than how you are now. And that, that's the essence of that continuous improvement. And do you have that relentless focus on getting better, learning from successes and failures? So, so those are the characteristics of a leadership mindset. How do I change it if I, say, don't feel comfortable embracing change or if I'd rather hear that I'm right rather than here's the next opportunity to learn and grow? If you're not willing to take that first step and to operate outside your comfort zone, it doesn't have to be extreme. Uh, it can be a baby step. You know, um, pulling back in the fitness metaphor for just a minute, I'm not expecting everyone to go out and run a marathon next week or even sign up for one. Um, This is about maybe going for a walk around the block, maybe then going a jog for a mile or, or just pushing yourself just a little bit each time. So same thing with your leadership. So an example would be 
maybe volunteer for something. You don't have to lead the project, but if you're really not comfortable operating outside of your comfort zone, um, let your boss know that you're interested in being involved in a project that is is outside your day-to-day routine. Say, look, I'd really love to get involved. There is nothing more powerful than initiative, both as a message to those around you, but also as a developmental tool where you can say, you know what, I am going to raise my hand. I am going to volunteer. And I know I just have a small role this time. Next time I'll do something a little bit bigger. We use the language of small experiments. And I really like that idea that I I don't go from zero to a hundred. I go from zero to two. I test and make sure I'm building the skills without putting myself at undue risk. Yeah, there may be times where you have to go zero to 100 out of out of necessity, but when you can just take the zero to two, as you were referring to, that's great. It's, it's safe, yet it stretches you, right? But don't forget to incorporate um, the, the feedback loop that we talked about mm-hmm. in the previous segment. So it's, I didn't just get involved with a task force and I took on a role that required for example, public speaking, which I, I was not comfortable with, uh, it, it didn't. I didn't just do that, but I got some feedback on it. I thought about it, and next time I'm going to incorporate some of these suggestions. So I'll be willing to take on similar, but maybe even more stretchy activities. You know, that's why I like the the analogy of experiments. If I think about having the mind of a scientist at least my perception of scientists, they do an experiment, they measure the success, and they refine their experiment and continue that loop. So to your point, it, it is feedback and continued updating of my algorithm, my mindset, my tasks, all of those together to, con- to build a self-reinforcing kind of leadership development approach. Yeah, everything you talked about, I love it. It's it validates or clarifies your point of view, um, or if it has to be, if it's not just a point of view, it's something a little bit more experiential, um, like a lot of these leadership skills are. Uh, then it allows you to to see what works, to try things on for size, and everyone has their tendencies, whether they you, you want to call them habits or you want to call it part of your comfort zone. So it's just. How can we push ourselves to get out of that comfort zone? We we know what, oftentimes we know what we need to work on. Not everybody, but you got to figure out what it is you need to work on, and say, "Well, we'll dog on it. I'm going to go ahead and give this a shot." And here are some ways to do it. I, I'm a big believer that um, there are leadership development opportunities all around us. They're there all day, every day, and we're so busy. We're on to the next project. We're on to the next deadline that we forget to take advantage of the of the activities and the benefits that are right in front of us, whether, again, it, it's the task force, it's the project, it's giving some one-on-one feedback that by itself is a task, but you can learn, turn it into a learning opportunity if you take a moment afterwards and say, how did that go? Back to that, give yourself a grade. Did, was that a was that how I wanted it to go? Okay, if it was, good job. You know, do that in the future. But if it didn't go as smoothly, what would have made it go a little bit better? So what I hear then is um, for the biggest challenges, so we've teed up the next question, is really having 
either limited resources, time, money, uh, everything, and also not knowing where to start. So if I'm walking through my day and there are a range of opportunities that I walk by because I'm too busy running to the next meeting or thinking about the next thing on my to-do list, it would benefit me to treat it almost like a treasure hunt where I'm looking for the treasure of opportunities to build those very few skills that I have the energy to focus on. Yeah, you nailed it, Maureen. We, as as leaders, we're not going to be given any more time. (laughs) You know, it's not like, hey, congratulations, you you just became a a more senior leader. And, uh, you know, here's here's your gift of more time. In fact, it's the opposite, right? You get less and less time. And so because of that, what I find most leaders opt to do is um, they're they focus on the projects at hand, which they should, because if they don't do that, um, they're likely not going to stay leaders for long. So continue to focus on those projects, but how can you incorporate those day-to-day activities and those learning moments, whether they be the experimentation that you referred to, I love that, or just other ways that you can just stretch out of your comfort zone, but but also get that feedback. And then we live in a world where um, it is a, an extremely crowded leadership development landscape. And mm-hmm. there's, there's information coming at us at all time, whether it's um, books or courses, or it, and it, it's a lot. And many leaders I've worked with aren't really sure where to start. Like it, this is overwhelming. And so what I encourage people to do is um, in, in the book, I have a matrix that is um, low cost to high cost, uh, low impact to high impact and finding those activities in a balanced set of activities that allow you to do things on a weekly basis as well as some of the more you know longer term like courses that, that, but finding the activities that that you love to do I'm going to go back to fitness for one second um, and that is if I don't like jogging and I set a new year's resolution for jogging it, it's not going to last long so if, if you're not one that likes, um, uh, let's say, uh, what's a good example for leadership development? If you're not one that likes webinars because you know you multitask when you're on them, don't put a lot of webinars on your development game plan. Uh, you're just not going to stick with it. And even if you do, you're not going to get a lot out of it. So um, keep it engaging. Keep it fun. I like to encourage people to vary up their routine a little bit just to to kind of keep engaged with their development. So do you do something like create a, just like I would have a plan for other parts of my work, these are the things I need to get done over X period of time, a project plan. Do you treat leadership development the same way where you would say, okay, once a month I'm going to listen to a webinar, twice a month I'm going to read HBR articles, or McKinsey articles, once a year I'm going to go to a class and just slot them into your calendar like you would all of the other meetings and, and tasks you have to do to meet a deliverable? A- absolutely. I mean, that is, that is if you don't write it down, you're not going to stick to it. You're not going to have a, a plan. I refer to it often. You've heard this a couple times. You've got to have a game plan. What are we going to do? How are we going to address the issues that are are critical to me. So I break it down into three really basic areas. Number one, what are your leadership fitness goals? What are those 
two to four things that I'm going to work on to, to elevate my leadership game. And it may be things that the way you're going to find out about it is through some of the, the self-awareness pieces I talked about. Number two is what are the activities that are going to help me achieve those goals? And, and don't just look at them as, um, you know, those transactional one-time deals that you think it's going to be, you know, really make a big difference where I say, I'm going to take this class or listen to this one podcast one time. And that's the end of it. You need to build habits, right? You, If you're going to, sorry, I'm back and forth with the metaphor here with fitness. If you're going to run a race, you, you can't just show up and you can't just train once you have to train on a regular basis. So, um, and then how are you going to know whether you've made some progress? Um, what are some very specific, tangible things that you can write down and say, you know what, when, when I've done these things, for example, I go to public speaking, when I've spoken to a group of 20 people or 40 or whatever, once I've done that and I've done so comfortably, uh, I'm, I've achieved that goal, uh, I may stretch it a little bit more. We'll see how that goes. So, so I want to come back, and I know this is repetitive, but I've got the goal, I've got the activities, you talk about a cost matrix, and then I still have to measure. So you talked about I, I felt comfortable with 40 people, and presumably that's attached to feedback. And then I have to continue to update that goal, right? Or, or update my procedures for meeting that goal and going to the next. No, absolutely. And this is the dance of leadership development. It is the constant monitoring rather than a one time a year, if we're lucky, uh, calibration and saying, oh, oh, I guess I need to work on these skills. Okay, great. I'll see you again next year. You should be taking your pulse throughout the year. You should be engaging in leadership development activities at least weekly. And these are the ones we've talked about today. They don't have they don't have to cost a lot of money. They don't have to take you to far away exotic places. It's incorporating it with a very purposeful way in your own organization, um, and then calibrating that periodically. And then you say, oh wow, I, I guess I achieved that goal. Is there something else then I want to move on to? So constantly evaluating how you can get better as a leader. Thank you very much. I think that's really important. The reminder that we need to continue to reflect and recalibrate and adjust. So we have about one minute left. Can you give our listeners, again, the title of your book, where to buy it, and any other contact information? Absolutely. Thanks, Maureen. Uh, So the title of the book is Peak Leadership Fitness, Elevating Your Leadership Game. It is available on Amazon. And you can also find out more information about my book and other ways to contact me on TobinLeadership.com. Tim, thank you so much. And to our listeners, I do encourage you as you're thinking about your leadership development cadence, take a look at Tim's book. Lots of really practical recommendations on how to improve and many of them in ways that are, are low cost. So we encourage you to take something you learned today and put it into practice, whether or not you buy his book. How are you finding an accountability partner? What are you doing to build your plan? And please do give us feedback. Either connect with me on LinkedIn, Maureen Metcalf, 
or on Facebook, Innovative Leadership. We would love to hear your feedback and email me at info at innovateleader.com. And I'm always happy to hear recommendations or feedback on how I might get better. Thank you for joining us, and I hope that you can join us again soon. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.